0: This is the Bible in One Year, Day 33. Intimate Friendship Nick Hills is one of the cleverest people I've ever met. He's a scholar and an intellectual. He has a brilliant mind. We were at school and university together. About three months after my first encounter with Jesus Christ as a first-year student, he too had an experience of Jesus. In fact, he went on to help Justin Welby, who's now Archbishop of Canterbury, find faith in Jesus. Immediately... Nick started reading massive theological books. I remember asking him what he was reading about. He replied he was reading about the transcendence and imminence of God. I had no idea what he meant. I had to look up both words in the dictionary. Transcendence and immanence describe the almost paradoxical nature of our relationship with God. The transcendence of God means that God exists apart from and is not subject to the limitations of the material universe. He Is above and beyond, surpassing and excelling, greatly superior to us. On the other hand, the imminence of God means it's possible to experience his immediate friendship. In our Old Testament passage for today, Job speaks of God's intimate friendship. It's only when you understand the transcendence of God that you see how amazing his imminence is and what a huge privilege it is to be able to enjoy intimate friendship with God. From Psalm 18 The earth trembled and quaked,
1: and the foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced with hailstones and bolts of lightning. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemy. With great bolts of lightning he routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed, and the foundations of the earth laid bare at your rebuke, Lord, at the blast of breath from your
0: nostrils. Worship the transcendent God and love his awesome presence. David speaks of the awesome presence of God. The earth trembled and quaked and the foundations of the mountains shook out of the brightness of his presence. The Lord thundered from heaven, the voice of the Most High resounded. In this psalm we see both the power and the anger of the transcendent God. They trembled because he was angry. God's anger, though never malicious, is his personal reaction against sin. If we look at racism, human trafficking, the abuse of children, Institutional torture or some other terrible injustice without feeling any anger, we're failing to love. Indignation against evil is an essential element of goodness. In this psalm, we see that God's anger is the reverse side of his love. Yet, this is a psalm in which David expresses his intimate friendship with God. It begins, I love you, O Lord, my strength. David did not take it for granted. He understood the immense privilege of having an intimate friendship with the transcendent God. Lord, thank you that I can have an intimate friendship with the one who created the entire universe. I love you, O Lord, my strength. New Testament from Matthew 21 and 22 Listen to another parable. There was a
1: landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall round it dug a winepress in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to another place. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. The tenants seized his servants. They beat one, killed another, and stoned a third. Then he sent other servants to them, more than the first time, and the tenants treated them in the same way. Last of all he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him and take his inheritance. So they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? or he'll bring those wretches to a wretched end, they replied, and he will rent the vineyard to other tenants who will give him his share of the crop at harvest time. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the Scriptures, The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvellous in our eyes. Therefore I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. Anyone who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus' parables, they knew he was talking about them. They looked for a way to arrest him, but they were afraid of the crowd because the people held that he was a prophet. Matthew chapter 22 Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet Then the king told the attendants, Tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen.
0: Accept God's invitation and enjoy his intimate friendship. In the last few years, we have celebrated two major royal weddings in the UK. Prince William to Catherine Middleton and Prince Harry to Meghan Markle. Imagine what it would have been like if you had opened your post and found a personal invitation to their wedding. Jesus said that all of us receive an invitation to the greatest royal wedding of all time. Jesus describes the kingdom of God as being like a vineyard and like a wedding banquet. Both of these pictures speak again of God's generosity and his amazing love for you. But God's love is not sentimental. Again, we see the reverse side of God's love and mercy, which is his judgment on those who reject his love and do evil. When the tenants seized his servants, beat one, killed another, and stoned a third, and in a final act of rebellion, when they took his son and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him, there was a judgment. Jesus is prophesying about his own death. He is the son and heir whom God sent, yet they killed him. He is the stone the builders rejected who has become the capstone. He is the one who executes judgment. The judgment was to come about because of their rejection of Jesus. They were looking for a way to arrest Jesus. Likewise, in the case of the wedding banquet, God issues an open invitation for an intimate friendship with him. It is such a great privilege to be invited to this royal wedding. It is a costly invitation and an open invitation. Everyone is invited. The invitation is repeated over and over again. I find it fascinating that Jesus compares the kingdom of God to a party. This is the opposite of how many people think about God, church, and faith. They think it's something somber, dull, and boring. But Jesus says the kingdom of God is a party. It's a celebration with lots of laughter, joy, and feasting. However, there were some who, when reminded of their invitation, only shrugged their shoulders and went off one to weed his garden, another to work in his shop. Their possessions and their jobs were higher priorities than a relationship with Jesus. Some were extraordinarily rude and hostile. They seized his servants, ill-treated them and killed them. Jesus says, the king was enraged. God's amazing and wonderful invitation is not something you should take lightly or flippantly. It's a huge privilege that a transcendent God invites you to have an intimate friendship with him. However. It is not enough simply to go along. You need the right wedding clothes. You cannot enter the kingdom of heaven on your own terms, only on Jesus' terms. Thankfully, through his death and resurrection and the gift of the Holy Spirit, Jesus has provided the clothes you need. Lord, thank you that in your love you lay on a banquet for me. Lord, I accept your invitation and come to you today. To enjoy your intimate friendship. Old Testament from Job twenty five to twenty nine.
1: Then Bildad the Shuhite replied Dominion and all belong to God. He establishes order in the heights of heaven. Can his forces be numbered? On whom does his light not rise? How then can a mortal be righteous before God? How can one born of woman be pure? If even the moon is not bright and the stars are not pure in his eyes, how much less a mortal, who is but a maggot, a human being, who is only a worm? Job chapter 26 Then Job replied, How you have helped the powerless, how you have saved the arm that is feeble, what advice you have offered to one without wisdom and what great insight you have displayed. Who has helped you utter these words, and whose spirit spoke from your mouth? The dead are in deep anguish, those beneath the waters and all that live in them. The realm of the dead is naked before God. Destruction lies uncovered. He spreads out the northern skies over empty space. He suspends the earth over nothing. He wraps up the waters in his clouds, yet the clouds do not burst under their weight. He covers the face of the full moon, spreading his clouds over it. He marks out the horizon on the face of the waters for a boundary between light and darkness. The pillars of the heavens quake, aghast at his rebuke. By his power he churned up the sea. By his wisdom he cut Rahab to pieces. By his breath the skies became fair. His hand pierced the gliding serpent, and these are but the outer fringe of his works. How faint the whisper we hear of him! Who then can understand the thunder of his power? Job chapter 27 And Job continued his discourse. As surely as God lives, who has denied me justice, the Almighty who has made my life bitter, As long as I have life within me, the breath of God in my nostrils, my lips will not say anything wicked and my tongue will not utter lies. I will never admit you are in the right. Till I die, I will not deny my integrity. I will maintain my innocence and never let go of it. My conscience will not reproach me as long as I live. May my enemy be like the wicked, my adversary like the unjust. For what hope have the godless when they are cut off, when God takes away their life? Does God listen to their cry when distress comes upon them? Will they find delight in the Almighty? Will they call on God at all times? I will teach you about the power of God. The ways of the Almighty I will not conceal. You have all seen this yourselves. Why then this meaningless talk? Here is the fate God allots to the wicked, the heritage a ruthless man receives from the Almighty. However many his children, their fate is the sword. His offspring will never have enough to eat. The plague will bury those who survive him, and their widows will not weep for them. Though he heaps up silver like dust and clothes like piles of clay, what he lays up the righteous will wear, and the innocent will divide his silver. The house he builds is like a moth's cocoon, like a hut made by a watchman. He lies down wealthy, but will do so no more. When he opens his eyes, all is gone. Terrors overtake him like a flood, a tempest snatches him away in the night. The east wind carries him off, and he is gone. It sweeps him out of his place. It hurls itself against him without mercy as he flees headlong from its power. It claps its hands in derision and hisses him out of his place. Job chapter 28 There is a mine for silver and a place where gold is refined. Iron is taken from the earth and copper is smelted from ore. Mortals put an end to the darkness. They search out the farthest recesses for ore in the blackest darkness. Far from human dwellings they cut a shaft in places untouched by human feet. Far from other people they dangle and sway. The earth from which food comes is transformed below as by fire. Lapis lazuli comes from its rocks and its dust contains nuggets of gold. No bird of prey knows that hidden path. No falcon's eye has seen it. Proud beasts do not set foot on it, and no lion prowls there. People assault the flinty rock with their hands and lay bare the roots of the mountains. They tunnel through the rock. Their eyes see all its treasures. They search the sources of the rivers and bring hidden things to light. But where can wisdom be found? Where does understanding dwell? No mortal comprehends its worth. It cannot be found in the land of the living. The deep says, it is not in me. The sea says, it is not with me. It cannot be bought with the finest gold, nor can its price be weighed out in silver. It cannot be bought with the gold of Ophir, with precious onyx or lapis lazuli. Neither gold nor crystal can compare with it, nor can it be had for jewels of gold. Coral and jasper are not worthy of mention. The price of wisdom is beyond rubies. The topaz of Cush cannot compare with it. It cannot be bought with pure gold. Where, then, does wisdom come from? Where does understanding dwell? It is hidden from the eyes of every living thing, concealed even from the birds in the sky. Destruction and death say, only a rumor of it has reached our ears. God understands the way to it, and he alone knows where it dwells. For he views the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. When he established the force of the wind and measured out the waters, when he made a decree for the rain and a path for the thunderstorm, then he looked at wisdom and appraised it he confirmed it and tested it and he said to the human race the fear of the lord that is wisdom and to shun evil is understanding job chapter 29 job continued his discourse how i long for the months gone by For the days when God watched over me, when his lamp shone on my head, and by his light I walked through darkness. Oh, for the days when I was in my prime, when God's intimate friendship blessed my house, when the Almighty was still with me and my children were around me, when my path was drenched with cream and the rock poured out for me streams of olive oil. When I went to the gate of the city and took my seat in the public square, the young men saw me and stepped aside, and the old men rose to their feet. The chief men refrained from speaking and covered their mouths with their hands. The voices of the nobles were hushed and their tongues stuck to the roof of their mouths. Whoever heard me spoke well of me, and those who saw me commended me. Because I rescued the poor who cried for help, and the fatherless who had none to assist them. The one who was dying blessed me. I made the widow's heart sing. I put on righteousness as my clothing. Justice was my robe and my turban. I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy. I took up the case of the stranger. I broke the fangs of the wicked and snatched the victims from their teeth. I thought, I shall die in my own house, my days as numerous as the grains of sand. My roots will reach to the water, and the dew will lie all night on my branches. My glory will not fade. The bow will be ever new in my hand. People listened to me expectantly, waiting in silence for my counsel. After I had spoken, they spoke no more. My words fell gently on their ears. They waited for me as for showers and drank in my words as the spring rain. When I smiled at them, they scarcely believed it. The light of my face was precious to them. I chose the way for them and sat as their chief. I dwelt as a king among his troops. I was like one who comforts mourners.
0: Understand the transcendence of God and know his imminence. Do you ever feel overwhelmed by the problems and difficulties you're facing? Do you doubt whether God has the power or the desire to help you? Job understood the transcendence of God. He said, I will teach you about the power of God. He points out that everything we see of God's power in the natural world around us is only the outer fringe of his works. God is powerful enough to help you. God is not only powerful enough to help you, but he also loves you enough to do so. Job knew all about the imminence of God. He'd experienced God's intimate friendship, where true wisdom is to be found. Fear of the Lord, that's wisdom, and insight means shunning evil. The fear of the Lord means respect for God. It is in this respectful relationship with God that you find wisdom. Now we know that Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. It is in an intimate friendship with Jesus that you find true wisdom. Job describes the immense value of this wisdom. Where can wisdom be found? It cannot be bought with the finest gold, nor can its price be weighed in silver. God understands the way to it, and he alone knows where it dwells. The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to shun evil is understanding. What kind of life does this lead to? It leads to shunning evil and serving the poor. Job describes a truly righteous life as helping the poor, the fatherless, the dying, the widow, the blind, the lame, the needy, the stranger. Job was concerned not only with poverty but also with justice. I put on righteousness as my clothing. Justice was my robe and my turban. I broke the fangs of the wicked and snatched the victims from their teeth. As you draw close to God in intimate friendship. His concerns become your concerns. Like Job, you will desire to help the poor, the fatherless, the homeless, and the widows. You will want to rescue victims of injustice and speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. You will seek to look after the blind, the lame, the needy, and the refugees in your land. Job had not actually lost his intimate friendship with God, but he had lost any tangible feeling of it. He was going through the most appalling suffering. It seemed to him that God was miles away. You may be experiencing something like this at the moment. If you are, be encouraged by the story of Job. When we come to the end of the book of Job, we understand that God had never left him. God was going to bless him more than he could ever ask or even imagine. God would restore to him the sense of his intimate friendship. Now, through Jesus, all of us can experience an intimate friendship with the transcendent God and know his ultimate blessing on our lives. Lord, thank you for Job's example. In times of suffering, may I hold on to the promise of your intimate friendship and blessing on my life. Pepper adds, We all want to comfort our friends when they are in need, and at least Job's friends went to him. Sometimes in our desperation to try and understand their suffering or to help, we say things that aren't helpful at all. It is very difficult to know how to help someone when they're facing something really terrible. Some people get it absolutely right. But often the best thing we can do is just listen, be there and pray.